This is the chop up, trying to get chopped up, not get slapped up. You already know. And do this transition. We're going to get over on to the political chop. Uh, so we got three very interesting stories. You know, Donald Trump and uh, politics today is just always ripe for conversation. So um, let me get this comment off of here real quick and change this thing here. Uh, all right. So let's talk about it. Let's talk about Donald Trump's platinum black Plan his platinum hey, black hey, plan. Hey, we want to platinum in the ghetto. Hey, shout out to my niggas in Texas, like little Kiki. Hey. We want platinum in the ghetto. Hey, because it's all I know. So let's get into it. Let's get into it. Like, so let's start out with you. Know what I'm saying how ridiculous this is. All right. So he came up with it. Uh, he came up with it on Friday. Um, as he was trying to attract black voters, I think he was in Atlanta. It was a uh, a campaign event specifically dedicated to black voters. Now, while he spent a heavy amount of time criticizing Joe Biden, as he always does, he brought up his his uh, his black what he called platinum plan for black America. All right. What uh, what Donald Trump's platinum plan for black America does in terms of finances, in terms of finances, is what the platinum plan it, it incentivizes 40 billion dollars. In loans, forty billion in loans. It is loans. forty billion dollars in loans. Let's be clear here. All right, forty billion dollars in loans, and they want to leverage that as much as ten times the amount through the private sector. So that's why he's saying it's his five hundred billion dollar plan, because once the government leverages these forty million in loans that they'll be uh, that that they'll make available. Uh, through whatever fashion, then the hope is that the rest of the private sector would then jump on to this and then also provide up to 10 times the 40 billion. That's where he gets the 500 billion. Now, even from that number, you would only get 400 billion, but we know Trump just can't help but lie. Trump is a pimp. He can't help but lie. So he roused, up, he roused up to 500 billion. So it's 40 billion in, gov- in, in government in government funds that's specifically dedicated towards providing loans. That's unique. They not this is not reparations. Donald Trump is not giving niggas money. It's loans. And then the hope is that the private sector will provide 10 times that amount. Now, before we jump into it though, I also want to add a part of that platinum plan uh he will be making Juneteenth a legal federal holiday and um, advocate for a uh, what that was called a my nigga said Donald Trump and the platinum plan is gonna make Juneteenth a national holiday, and that's a part of the plan, man. A federal holiday, yep. Donald Trump and, is a pimp, dog. I, I, hey, he a pimp and a proposal to enshrine a national database. Of police misconduct into law. <laughs> hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, yeah, hey, hey, like that really has is the interest rates a part of like uh, are we getting like are, are the interest rates a part of this policy plan? Ain't been discussed. Ain't been discussed. Ain't been discussed. Look, hey, Valerie said, watch the that and that's the that's the crucial thing about it, right? That's where it's like because specifically what Donald Trump is trying to do is he's trying to say, All right, y'all, y'all not getting loans. What? They ran on y'all. What? Y'all, 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 
We got loans for y'all. You know what I'm saying? We got some loans for y'all ass. <laughs> we gonna get y'all some loans. We gonna hook y'all up. You know what I'm saying? No interest, zero down, zero percent this first six months. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like that's what he go. He, he gonna go into the next level of that shit. You feel me? Uh, but we got that. But then you also got the national police database. Oh, police doing y'all bad. We gonna make sure we record their ass. Boom, put it in the system. Then Juneteenth. What? Man, we'll talk about Malcolm X Day, but right now we gotta make Juneteenth a federal holiday. We gotta make it a federal holiday. That's the uh, platinum black. He already claimed. He already made. He already claiming that he made Juneteenth famous. (laughs) So, uh, so in terms of how platinum, you know, I'm saying triple platinum, double platinum. How platinum do y'all think the uh, the 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 platinum black plan is for Donald Trump? What's our reaction to? Hated it. <laughs> no, so you gotta say hated it. Like hated God. It. yeah, <laughs> what it is, it's out. Lee. To me, to me, it seemed like some textbook pimping where you're able to promise vulnerable people that ain't got shit, able to sell them hoop dreams. And I think that when we talk about policy, to me, it seemed like it's not really practical or pragmatic, you know what I'm saying? When it comes to the actual results, what's being promised, and kind of how we're gonna get to it. You know what I'm saying? Uh, kind of how we're going to get there. And I think, too, it kind of shows a whole bunch of contradictions. Now, I think that a whole bunch of Trump supporters love to talk shit about how affirmative action is reverse racism and about how all these things that specifically go to black people is racist. And like the denial the, and like the denial of nature that uh, systemic racism even exists. But then you kind of go into it right now and think about like, OK, so what does it mean for Trump to put all these incentives to black people at the same time saying that anti-racist shit is, is, is wrong? To me, it's, it's pimping. Like, it's literally pimping. It's like Okay, saying anti-racism shit is wrong, feminism shit is wrong, diversity and inclusion shit is wrong, uh shit, the sixteen nineteen project is wrong, saying anything about the you know, history of America is wrong, but I'm gonna try but. to get out of these, but but <laughs> but but baby, let me tell you something, baby. You know, they called me Donald Donald Trump. You feel me? They called me Donald Trump. It's two D's for a double, double dose of pimping. You double dose of that pimping. Go ahead, tell you. <laughs> what I tell you, baby. Hey, you know, I'm being I'm gonna be a Trump support for the rest of this. Please don't. don't do it. No, no. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. No, 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 no. We we ain't inviting him on the show yet. We ain't inviting him on the show. He he gonna get his own special interview. He gonna get his own special interview. We're not bringing him on the show yet. Go ahead, Toya. I I think what bothers me the most, you know, we hear what's being said, and then I always envision the conversation that's being had with the close people that's trusted in the close quarters of Donald Trump, like Jared Kushner or some shit. And I feel like he's like, you know, Jared, here's what we're going to do. We're going to burn the candle with both ends. We're going to tell them to shut up about this race, identity, gender shit. We're about to shut that shit down. And then the biggest complaint they got about the shit is that slavery set them back so far. So we're going to set them ahead with this other shit. So they can't say nothing over here. We're just going to shut them up. Once like that's right. the, 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 there are no solutions in this. There are just attempts for you to reconcile some type of legacy, for you to high road what you did for niggas and for you to shut us up on both ends. And so that pisses me off just because I'm reading through the math. Right. And it it ain't math. Then the second thing that pisses me off is why loans? Well, think about why loans. What other type of monetary uh, fiscal compensation have niggas been demanding to reconcile the how far back 400 year, you know, false start we got? You know what I'm saying? In relationship to white people, we've been asking for reparations. So instead of giving niggas money, right? T.I. Uh, uh, and them talking about, why don't you just take the money, take the $1,200 and invest in the business? Nigga, I can't do that, but I can do that with $50,000. You 
then I can invest in a business or some land or do something meaningful or whatever. If they gave me reparations, you want me to go do something dynamic with $1,200. But you want to give us these loans. And here's the last thing I'll say is reparations. you want to give us these loans that like Ollie pointed out is going to have price gouge uh, 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 interest rates. The niggas not going to be able to pay back. No generational wealth. So with the business and the entrepreneurship go, go kaput. Now I owe more money than I did when I started when I was trying to start a new opportunity. Now I'm filing for bankruptcy. It's all there are no let's talk about financial literacy oh. in the black community right there. People oh. trying to have it, but we don't even got black like am I gonna take that money? There are no black banks. Remember y'all shut all those down and they stopped being a thing. So I got to take your money and go put it in Wells Fargo where they don't want to hire black people. What did he say? What did he say to you? What did the what did the CEO of Wells Fargo say? It's not really that we don't want to hire black people. It's that honestly, when you look at the pool of candidates, there's not enough qualified black people in the pool. There's not enough qualified black people in the pool. They're dumb. The interest rates is high, and I got to take it and go put it in the Wells Fargo account where y'all don't want to hire the bankers that are able to enable me and qualify me for other grants and stuff like that. So I ain't taking out other loans to supplement the loan that you gave me. Like, it's tiring. Yeah. It's insulting. My mama, my mama, shout out to my mama. She in the comments. She said it's an insult. Hey, that's a, that's why I, saw, I was like, oh, this girl, shout out to Miss Green. Shout out to Miss Green. Uh, I, I do want to call. I, I, I want to point out. I don't see nothing but you two. Uh, I see, I see, see Miss Green. Oh, yeah, you two, Cracker. You two, Cracker. Grillmaster33 said, uh, I've read articles about development in my city created by the Opportunity Zones, but black entrepreneurs and residents aren't benefiting. It's important that somebody from those particular communities is speaking on that because that's where a lot of that Donald Trump money is going to specifically the opportunity zones so no. even like the, like we talking about the 40 billion right but that's not just like okay we're just gonna give 40 billion in loans it's going to be a part of uh incentivized programs and kind of like to be honest it's it's kind of like the reparations that they're doing in Asheville, north carolina so in Asheville, north carolina if anybody talking about reparations they know what they're doing um the the community city council decided to provide reparations to the uh their black community by investing particular uh, uh, amount of money in certain areas and and incentivizing black businesses, those types of things. So really what Trump is doing is he's trying to play up on that, but, you know, address like the things like redlining and all of that type of shit. But the issue with that is it doesn't take away from the fact that the people that live there still aren't in control of those resources. Mm-hmm. It is still a requirement. Hey, also, two things too. Here, I think it's part of it too, though. That uh, part part of the Platinum Plus plan. But also, acid too is that it, it will it will make it where uh, Antifa and white supremacy crimes will be considered terrorist crimes. I mean, right. like federal federal Antifa, hate Antifa and the KKK yeah, will be yeah, considered yeah, 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 yeah. Antifa, uh, uh, yeah, terrorist Antifa, organizations. Yeah, yeah. Terrorist organizations. And also another one was uh, uh, the stuff that was attached, like specific stuff that was attached to the line order. I'm trying to think specifically how can I phrase it, but it definitely was some stuff attached to the line order that was with the plan. And to me, I think that's why I called it like this. Like some just like it's just, it was just inter- an interesting thing, a conglomeration of shit to put together. To yeah. think about, we're gonna be able to say. We're gonna make hate make these things hate crimes, but I imagine though the parameters in which we get to call things hate crimes gonna be very small. Right. And we already know you attach to increase of hate crimes everywhere you go. So that's already a you know what I'm saying, a goddamn paradox in itself. You know what I'm saying? It's like, what does it mean for you to talk about hate crimes? But we know it's a residue where you leave. So it just yeah. makes you like, eh. Silly. I mean, Simone, I think Simone Brown brings up an interesting comment, right? 
even if it's true that he does do something about this, is going to continue to incite racial tension with other races because they're going to want a piece of the pie as well. And I think what this starts to create is a risky move that Barack Obama, because he was a black president, had to circumvent and not even get into. Remember, he couldn't do nothing specifically for niggas. I even saw a comment somewhere. Somebody was like, we can't talk about this without talking about what Kamala and what Biden are going to do for black people in the same breath. Yeah, that's kind of true. I think uh, Chagra said that. And that might be kind of true. But at the same time, they not offering nothing specifically for black people because they can't. Because then all of a sudden, all of that whole entire party devolves. And now queer. I mean, it, it, it really reflects the kind of infighting that identity politics creates. Mm-hmm. Right. And oppression uh, Olympics. Yeah, we'll get into a whole different kind of conversation about identity politics versus different types of activisms and the ways that kind of just truth in politics is being told. Because there are some issues when you attach. It's a complicated conversation. But all of that aside, it does create the phrase that Dominique just used, the oppression Olympics, where other people yeah. say, well, what about this? Well, what about this? Well, what about this? And what about that? Right. Now, Dominique is a time. Dominique. Donald Trump. <laughs> <laughs> Don't put me in the same voice as that, nigga. Same syllables. Not Dominique. Yeah. Donald Trump. Yeah willing to be like i don't give a shit he's more willing to be more cutthroat about whatever the situation is and be like i did what i did and said what i said but that is a risk right that you know we got to kind of consider and i don't i I just i don't trust it yeah we we can't somebody can who can do something shady to me and be like but i did this this and that but right right exactly it is and and to cap it off i think george made the, the the perfect point when he says you can't do all of this shit to dismiss racism and the impact of racism and then say, I'm going to do something to help y'all because of racism. Uncle Malcolm like, already told us, you can't dig it in nine, pull it out three and call it progress. We'll call it progress. Yeah, exactly. Um, now, this next now this next story on the political chop is actually it's kind of funny. <laughs> so, uh, Tucker Carlson, anybody who knows anything about Fox News or conservative media knows Tucker Carlson came in replacing um, the, old, the other old white man Bill O'Reilly, after he got caught up with his sexual improprieties, uh, Tucker Carlson came in and has been a clown since he's been there. Uh, and Fox News literally just admitted it uh, oh, recently. Dude, they, they admitted to today they are admitting that Tucker Carlson is a clown. How do we know this? Because in a defamation a character lawsuit uh, by one of the uh, adult models, I ain't gonna you know put them on blast and say their name or whatever. You know what I'm saying? Just out of respect for their privacy and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're suing, uh, they've sued, they were suing Fox News for defamation of character. The defense from Fox News was that nobody takes Tucker Carlson seriously. Tucker Carlson, no reasonable person, no, no, no reasonable person. No, that, that's actually the, the language in the response in the lawsuit was no reasonable person listens to Tucker Carlson and listens to what he says and takes it serious. Fox News won the lawsuit <laughs> because anybody who would watch that show. We know, but let me ask y'all this. While that's funny, like that's the joke, how do y'all feel about Fox Fox News being one of the largest, not if not not one of if not the largest, the largest. media organizations, news media organizations, uh-huh. openly admitting that they that they're uh that one of their pundits, who is one of their higher performing popular, pundits, popular, one of their popular pundits, should not be taken serious. What, like, how, what, what is your response to that? How do you respond to Fox News? Like, okay, it describes to me the to me it to me adds to like the pinnacle of where we at in twenty twenty because we know that Fox News is the biggest supporters of Donald Trump. 
So when you think about a lot of the things that Tucker Carson says to embolden the Trump supporters and Trump party, you feel me? It just adds a whole bunch of like, what the fuckery? You know what I'm saying? Like, what the hell? So let me get this straight, Fox News. In a legal suit, you made the argument that nobody should take your people seriously because they be talking nonsense. And if you're a reasonable person, you know, you know damn well they lying. So you are a person has like you, 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 like, you got a toy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not. I'm taking it in, and I'm looking at Napa's comment, and I'm also uh, looking at Emily's. Shout comment. out to Napa. Yeah, these comments Napa says fake news. Emily says it's horrifying because I have to deal with fallout because my boomer parents eat it up, and this is what blows my mind, yo. They eating up the fake news that Donald Trump literally created the language about that he wanted certain news outlets to be flagged and marked as as fake news. He literally wanted to put disclaimers on stuff in the very avenue, the channel that he gets his news out the the with the, the least scathed, the least they, they said fake. perspective is literally. Admitting to being fake news. Admitting to being Even uh, these people were they they had satire with their news, but it was to have more credibility. John Stewart had more credibility. Period. Colbert, John Stewart had more credibility, and that's because they. (laughs) And then you have somebody literally that y'all are just like, this man is a joke. Why is he on your station? Same to the person that says Black Lives Matter is terrorists. Say they thug. Say they say, say they say they say they all type of what? Say uh 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 college is just liberal hotbeds to teach uh, students <laughs> how to hate America and say that you know uh, we're spending a whole bunch of tax dollars to it's just it's, to me it's just the crazy part to show you where we are in twenty twenty. Yeah, it's, it's, it's frustrating. Go ahead, Toya. I, 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 I don't. I'm probably about to pronounce this wrong, but my bad. It's missing syllable for me so i think it's d langier uh or something langler langler yeah yeah shout out to everybody coming from places i hold on i didn't know this i didn't know that either i didn't know this fox runs a disclaimer that is for entertainment purposes for per fcc news now this blows my mind because they are kind of juxtaposing cnn and cnn as far as i know has no such disclaimer so how is it that right I don't fuck with CNN either, though. So, but 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 we know of the, the the beef, fake news versus real news, and we know that Fox News supposed to be the real news. Exactly. That's what I saw. Just my mind is blown because there's a will the, the willful ignorance. I think education is elevation, man. Education is elevation. But people like who Emily talked about, right? People who are part of the boomer generation, people who have been raised and and, and kind of taught and led by the boomers, by conservatives, whatever, go and eat it up. They start uh, uh, satisfying in their day, supplementing in their day with this news and are feeding it up and they don't care. That little disclaimer means little to nothing to them. They riding out on the truth and the factuality of it. So them, even Fox News admitting Tucker Carlson is a joke, I guarantee you somebody will regurgitate something he says on next week's show because they don't care about that part. Now the last, uh, the last political uh, political chop I'm going to get into tonight um, is a, a bit more serious. I'll keep it a little bit succinct, just so we can get into the uh, the conscious chop because I definitely want to talk about uh, definitely want to talk about the um, Breonna Taylor situation. Uh, but it, it is it is a little bit deeper, and this is the situation with Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, and the future of the Supreme Court. Now, when I first heard it, like I said, when we was talking about it earlier, it was something that um, it was something that I kind of I was preparing myself for, but I knew the danger of, uh, because let's get it understood. Donald Trump now has three Supreme court judges. One of the things that we got to be weary of is the conservative relationship with judgeship. 
that was one of the most important things that they stressed as a part of the conservative uh, platform that a lot of people didn't pay attention to. The problem with that is there are studies that have been conducted that shown that conservative judges on average give uh, give uh, black people specifically uh, more time. Six months average. Right. So the one thing that the with us, our biggest issue in the United States being with the court system, the one thing that we uh, that that should matter to us in terms of, you know, what we deal with, what we struggle with should be the court. The Supreme Court is the highest court in the land. That means that any decision that's made in any lower courts will always go up. The highest that it could reach is there, right? The highest that it could reach is there. Now, with conservatives, the mindset that they have about black people, the way that they respond to black people, the, the way that they talk about what black people need, the way they talk about black issues, all those types of things, that's already a danger in politics alone. But with what they could do to the court, not even just with black people, you know what I'm saying? Because I want to kind of speak to the uh, the legacy of, of RBG and how and our relationship to her specifically. Uh, but you got women's rights and those conversations that are also in play. So first, I want to get y'all um, in terms of, you know, well, let's start with RBG's legacy. Um, I do think it's it's a little bit of romanticizing because you know we of of of, uh, of what she was, yeah. of who she was. But in terms <laughs> outside of the narrative that's created. And that's discussed by you know the the media and everybody else. Knowing as educated black people, Toya, what's how, what's your relationship with her legacy, specifically as a black woman? Um, first of all, rest in peace, RBG. Gotta say that. Want to say it without just anything else around it. Groundbreaking, uh, legendary. Her body was the first person, the first the first women woman's body to be held. What is it called in state? Yeah. Um, uh, uh, up at, at in DC, and so just a lot of just groundbreaking things throughout her life, and even into her past, and that she did amazingly. Uh, with that, I want to provide a lesson for free for everybody out there: quit telling white people to rest in power. Um, they can't. Do <laughs> yeah, white yeah. People, white people rest in peace, and you can give them they str- they respect and they dignity. They have plenty of power, goddamn. Let the ancestors have something, okay? Let them rest in power. Let white folk rest in peace. Uh, I said that to say, um, it stung and it hurts. You know, and when we think about, I think, you know, a part of maturation and there's a there's a woman and y'all, y'all might know her. Uh, she's an activist and a scholar named Feminista Jones. She writes a lot about black feminism and is um, kind of a uh, a kind of newer. I won't say newer face, but the last 10 years has really kind of painted the black feminism scene. And one of the things she talks about is her maturation and her activist journey. And through that maturation, she looks at uh, the imperfect people who are also a part of or, or, you know, recognize themselves as a part of the same goals and the missions that she has. And getting to a point of maturity where you don't have to love what somebody else does, but you can recognize, acknowledge and hat tip when they're moving in the same direction of, you know, liberation and freedom that you are. And that's kind of how I look at RBG. You know what I'm saying? Like she's smooth. You know what I'm saying? She's great. She's powerful. Her legacy is amazing. There's some questionable things. Like when you look at all of the interns that stood on the steps and when a black face in the building, I saw some Asian folk. I saw some women. I saw some men. I did not see a black person who got to clerk for her um, and, and intern for her during that. You know, that speaks a lot. It says something. And so we also talk about and think about a lot of the statements she said. She made the Colin Kaepernick statements and then she brought it back. Right. Or took it back. She realized that she made some informed statements and said some things out of turn or whatever. And she said, so it's a lot of back and forth. But I've, I've come to a place where I can acknowledge and recognize imperfect, imperfect people. You know what I'm saying? Who do things that are necessary and all for all intents and purposes. You know, RBG walked so that my black my favorite, um, you know, black 
uh, attorneys and legislators, ones who I know of and who I don't know of. Shout out to little sis Corey, jo uh, Corey Johnson, who is out here doing her thing in the D.C. area like they are running. They are making the way for black women and making strides or whatever. So RBG did a lot for women as a, as a, yeah. as a black girl. I got respect. I got love. I got adoration. I got appreciation. I understand this should be complicated. Ain't nobody out there going to do it perfect. Even the people who I identify with is going to miss the mark. And so in terms of just giving respect for the groundwork that's in the direction of what I believe in, got to give it to her. And then anything else that was undone, that was left unfixed, that was inappropriately handled, any missteps she did in terms of black folks, in terms of whatever, the black women who she crawled for are now able to walk and run because of those events. So, I mean, that's that's really what history and legacy looks like. Uh, Marquis said, uh, I don't think she was moving in the same direction to liberate. And shout out to the Jane, uh, it, it's pronounced Jean, Jean Devon Rousseau, right? Because we yeah. always read it on Facebook, I ain't never said that shit out loud because yeah, that ain't that nigga name. <laughs> but uh, shout out to the Jean Devon Rousseau podcast, you know what I'm saying? My boy Marquise be getting it in. Y'all make sure y'all follow him wherever you get your podcast, Spotify. See, I, don't, I don't agree with, with, with Marquise just in the sense that. I don't think she was moving in the same direction of liberation. She was attempting to maintain the liberal status quo. And I mean, I don't know. These are personal feelings. So I guess if we are having a conversation, a broader conversation about liberalism and what it looks like and how it kind of functions in sure. But as a woman, to hear another woman say when an important decision is being made that a woman needs to be in the room. Yeah. Like, yeah. Completely. I think that is a novel idea even now. When we're having conversations about women's bodies, when we talk yeah. about the Supreme Court, we literally are talking about having women. And now we look at the nominee and we see that, oh, any old woman is not enough, which yeah. is what I mean by people further in the conversations. But the foundation of that conversation about having a woman in the room when, when decisions was made started with her. Right. Yeah. And so I just I feel like, I mean, is it impactfully revolutionary and liberate and, and liberational in this moment? No. Nah. But is it foundational? One thousand percent. Absolutely. And I'm going to stand yeah. by that. Yeah. I mean, I mean, I mean, I guess I guess that's kind of where I feel like where where, where I situate kind of situated in somewhere between Toya and Marquise. Cause I, I didn't really know I ain't gonna cap. I didn't really know about much about RBG, you know what I'm saying, until she died, honestly. I never I, I ain't gonna cap it out. I didn't know about I don't know much about the different Supreme Court justices, you know what I'm saying? That's not a part of the politics when I'm, you know what I'm saying, call myself being conscious. That's not the part I focus on really. So I've been kind of informed a lot about her legacy of down. So I've been kind of caught in between a lot of people kind of, you know. Uh, 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 celebrating her and talking about what she's been able to do and champion in terms of gender. But also because I have a lot of followers in the indigenous community, I know a lot of things that she's been kind of like, like I feel like I, I, it seems like depending on what crowd you're talking to has a different respect and understanding of RBG. I know that she's backed a lot of like oil companies and, you know, what I'm saying different things when it comes to native land throughout her career. You feel me? So I'm just kind of situating that with what she's been able to do for women and things like that. You know what I'm saying? Trying to be pragmatic in my pessimist mind. You know what I'm saying? But being able to try not to like completely disavow her as a woman or disavow her what she's been able to do because, you know what I'm saying, she's done these things. But you feel me? Trying to be as mature as possible. I do think that there is something to be said, though. I feel like how we can take these different tropes in terms of like gender equality and kind of how it situates within like the liberal status quo. But I think that as for, for a black woman like Toya and hearing Toya say, but me as an individual, I was empowered by this. I cannot deny that. That's why I think I cannot disagree. And that's that's my biggest thing. Like Marquise going hard in the comments. How many black women? <laughs> and I said none. I acknowledge that already. I can't fall for white women liberalism hype. I'm not falling for anything. White women in the room. Is that the logic that will go Roe v. Wade? Absolutely. I talked about the new nominee. Uh, Amy Cody Barrett and how she has the ability to undo a lot of important things. However, 
right? And this is, I mean, again, these could be some white political philosophies that you don't agree with that I kind of do ascribe to. I ain't got to agree with you, but I can say, you know what I'm saying? Everybody deserves a seat at the table. That's how we're going to hash out and really know what's good. I'd rather know your politics out loud than behind. So yes, let these women rise to the top so we can get their asses out of here too, right? But I still, yes, intersectionality does necessitate that my womanness does in some ways identify with the strides and the ways that women have been able, able to, to kind of take up some space. Now, the goal is to put the white, the, not the white women, the right women. In the right, I'm not completely, you know, devoid or separate from the logic of, you know, the fact that, you know, which black women and which women are we talking about when we talk about RBG, all of those criticisms can be true. And I can still recognize the fact that the statement she is making about women being in the room is making space for my black ass and I'm on the way. And so I, that's what I'm saying is do things that make space. That's in the direction of what I'm going. I don't got to agree with you 1,010%, but I can acknowledge that you make the space. I think the problem with a lot of these conversations is that the criticism is based on a, a more media national narrative than reality. And that's always the problem. Like we can't, we can't create shape our think pieces around the media's narrative. Because the media's narrative is inflated, you know what I'm saying? It's it's the media. We don't trust shit about the media anyway. So a lot of a lot of people when they when they get angry and they like, man, uh, uh, like they they trying to make RBG this. They try to NBC is doing that, CNN is doing that. You know what I'm saying? Like even Fox as a news organization does that to a degree, right? So we can't like us spending our time, dedicating our time, trying to analyze and break down. Well, why are people? No, people aren't saying these things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, like George said, I ain't really know too much about her until after the fact. Right? And George is an educated nigga. You know what I'm saying? Which means that, but look, ten years exactly. And, and look, and that's what I was gonna say. If it was, if if she had an impact on blackness, now as a woman, we can't speak on that. Like what, like what, like how she that's and that's why what Toya's saying is valid because yeah, those are the types. Of, like I know, like I like like I, I I got a lot of women that I follow on social media, and I can't speak for. A lot of the women I seen that were empowered, you know what I'm saying? I speak for them, but speak on, I should say, speak on the women I seen that were very empowered by, you know what I'm saying, RBG's legacy and, and no cap, a lot of black women. You feel yeah. me? So, you know what I'm saying? Shit, I ain't going to disavow that. You know what I'm saying? I ain't going to disavow that at all. I think, you know, when we, I don't know, I keep going because I forgot what I was about to say. It was about yeah. Tonight. Yeah. Well, I, no, I mean, I'll say this and then we can get to the, we can get to my chat. We can get this. Yeah, yeah. We need to, and that's why I say, I'll cap this off right here. Like, I know, uh, please, people, the media narrative, look at it for what it is. And let's not waste our time um, involving ourselves with criticisms of what the media is saying and people who embrace what the media is saying, because the issue with that is you, that's a losing battle, right? Like, it don't, it, it, when the media wants to deify or when it wants to demonize, it's going to do what it does. Mm -hmm. And the narratives that we attempt to create around it, uh, it, it only kind of complicates it. So the audience should always be a hey, providing balance. If the yep. media is saying this, let's just have a conversation, right? We don't need to, man, why y'all deifying her? Nah, we knew she made some statements that were unproductive. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? She had some stances and she occupied a space that in, in a lot of ways was problematic for black people, but she had some stances that was productive. We'll keep it pushing from that. That's the political chop. Uh, we got one more chop to get into.